Have you ever heard of the Total Archery Challenge game? <laughs> I have not. And it reminds me how uh, getting into bow hunting was one of the many things that I like was like, I'm going to pick this up and get really good at it. And it just kind of fizzled, unfortunately. Yeah, dude. So I was just on a podcast with Savon and Rich and uh, Rich is talking about one of the things that he's going to try is a total archery challenge. Because I was talking about maybe doing the tactical games and he brought up the total archery challenge. I wrote it down. That's the reason why I brought it up. As soon as I got on with you, I'm like, dude, I want to see if you've ever heard of this before. I have no idea what it is, but I'm going to look it up as soon as we're done um, on this to see what it's all about. Because anything to kind of test new skills in, and especially incorporating fitness and then doing something like that, I'm all about it. Jacob Hebner. Yeah. Total archery total. challenge. So you guys didn't talk about it at all on the podcast? Well, he just brought it up as something he was going to do next. And I was saying that I was thinking about doing the tactical games because Jacob Hepner and I have been talking about that. And I said, dude, I, I, I don't even know what the tactical games entail. I have no idea. He goes, that's the best way to do it. Just show up. I'm like, oh man, I don't know about that. We'll have to maybe, maybe I'll have to do some basic research though on both of these. And then uh, we'll let all the listeners know when I commit to it and we'll go get after it. So I did, I did a little bit of research on the tactical games a little, like right after I did the sheepdog thing, actually, because I wanted to see how similar it was. Um, not that we did anything that like incorporated fitness and um, marksmanship in one, but yeah. it, it got talked about. So I kind of wanted to um, check it out. And that seems to be like a more strongman type fitness combined with marksmanship um so basic principle being like you know how strong fit and you know how can you control your breathing and heart rate because that's such a big piece that goes into marksmanship um that was my takeaway from the tactical games but it was it was one of those things where it was a little tough to find like information like what the actual workout is like it doesn't seem super super organized just because it's so new so it's a little difficult to um to actually figure out what it is but we have a whole bunch of really cool connections that i'm sure could give us like the absolute lowdown like i know um uh obviously hepner we should um, get hepner on the podcast we should talk to him about it absolutely yeah we okay. should do that yeah okay i'm writing that but, down <laughs> What's his name is also really, uh, Zach, Zach Forrest, our friend from push press. He's also really big into that. Um, I think he like coaches a couple athletes and then Pete, um, Pete, our, our good friend, uh, from one of our NC fit partner gyms, he both competes and has a bunch of athletes at his gym that are like very high level, um, in the tactical games. So a bunch of people we can talk to. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I'll reach out to uh, Jacob and see if he wants to come on to talk more about it and how that works. I was just curious about it, man. I, I just think, you know, testing your fitness in a variety of different ways is so important. And when Rich brought up, because Rich just got done doing like a, a hundred mile mountain. Leadbill 100. Yeah. And, you know, I did the- That's not just a 100 mile bike ride either. That's the difference, right? Because I did the hundred mile uh, century ride with Dan no, no, no. and those guys, but dude, that, no, it took us, that was not the same thing as he said he had 11,000 feet of elevation climb, which is just, man, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And you're doing it all at altitude, bro. Yeah. So when he was talking about it, it took him like eight and a half hours or something along that line. And you know, the, the century ride that we did was, was a fraction of that. Um, because we were doing in you know St. Louis, Missouri, where it was just straight up flat. On did you do it on a you did it on a road bike too, right? Down I did it on a gravel bike. I did it oh, on a gravel, gravel bike, bike okay. on gravel, but it's based like a road bike. 
whereas uh rich did it on a mountain bike with mountain bike tons of you know incline and whatnot but it just got me thinking because i just got off that podcast those guys like hey what other competitions are out there that i think we don't really explore obviously you have high rocks and you have these other like spartan races and things like that but like the total archery challenge or the um tactical games like those things or even the the thing that he did that sounds pretty badass like i'd like to do that you know i'd like to give it a shot train for it and get ready for it so i love this idea of like finding a thing that you're training thing. for and that being your north star i think that it especially for someone like you and me to a lesser extent like we've always had these things that we're like training for and even though they change it's always so nice to just like three months out two months out have something that like just a the motivation the structure but also like the anticipation and then the payoff of like hey three four months of very specific work went into this and going out there and actually executing it like i i love that love that yeah i think this year what my motivation will be especially going into 2024 so in october i'll be doing the rogue invitational and you know i, I did a jiu-jitsu tournament earlier this year but i think leading in 2024 i want to put like three or four like events maybe three on the calendar where it's like the total archery challenge dude now you're spending you know a couple months leading up to it like enhancing your bow skills and whatever else is involved in that i have no idea what's involved in that but you know anytime that you're um spending time learning skills and exposure it just pays off hugely like i think back like even right now if you ask me like go walk on your hands i could go walk on my hands for a long time it's because i spent weeks months years developing that skill it's like riding a bike and i think that if we take time to focus on a challenge coming up in the future whatever that is you you by design you're forced to train for it and then all of a sudden you acquire all these badass skills you know and make some new friends and blah 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 blah. you know that's that's yeah that's my plan for 2024. it's funny because i was just having this conversation with a really close friend of mine um Jeff, who actually is a listener of the podcast. So I hope he listens to this and let's go, Jeff, get, get to smile. Um, but he recently texted me cause he's actually turning 40 next year and we were brainstorming cause he wanted to do the same thing. Like, Hey, what would be like a really cool goal for me on my year that I'm going to turn 40th. And he, he comes from like a really impressive running background. So he had the idea of like, you know, training for a full 40 mile again, or like getting really into CrossFit again and trying to do really well in the open as a master's. Um, you know, something, uh, BJJ related. Cause he's, you know, a police officer, he's into that stuff. So it's funny. Cause we were talking about like exactly the same thing. Like he's another one of those kind of guys that like, just loves hitting it, chewing concrete. Like he's just, you know, he's built that way. And it, it was funny that you mentioned that now, because like all of us, he was like, we were literally talking about like, what's going to be his like North star for his 40th year to then like really get after and train for it. So that was pretty cool. What's your opinion? So let's, let's give Jeff some like live advice here. So he was stuck between training to run a 440 mile, uh, going all in on trying to do well in the open quarterfinals as a master since he's turning 40, um, or an Ironman. That was the other one was completing an Ironman. If it was me, I like the Ironman and I like the Ironman because it's just so far out. I, I imagine, you know, he's probably training CrossFit. He's doing some jujitsu running 40 miles. Like that sucks for sure. Like that's a long way to go. Uh, I I've never done 40 miles. I've done. No, no, no. So he was going to train to run a 
440 mile. Oh, a 440 mile? A 440 what? mile. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, what's his mile right now? I mean, well, a little right context now. there is he 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 ran for UNC. So like okay. he he's also not going from like, you know, yeah, off the couch mile, to bro. run a four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, bro, even, I think But I think it's one of those things where like even though he's probably running like a 5-minute mile now, like the difference between running a 5-minute mile and a 440 mile when you get there is like you really got to put in some work. So, I think that that context is needed. So, yeah, just for the record, I think even if I really wanted to, like, even if I said today, <laughs> I'm going to run a 440 mile, I don't think, dude, I, I, I can't, I, I don't think my body is designed to go that fast for that yeah, long. You're built like an orangutan. It's just not, it's not possible. So I'm going to, I would leave that one out. The fact that he even is considering that is offensive to me. So I'm going to leave it. <laughs> <laughs> so the second one would be the, um, the open, like, that's cool. Like whatever. It's kind of broad. It's kind of almost, I don't want to say it's a cop out, but it's kind of broad. Like, Oh, I want to perform well in the open. It's like, okay. Like, what does that mean? I think the Iron Man's it, dude. You can have your whole family go out. You can pick a location that's badass. Maybe it's Hawaii. Maybe it's whatever, or maybe not Hawaii. Cause that's like, that's like pro level, but you, you could pick a Iron Man. Like I remember I was in Mexico one time and they were doing an Iron Man and like, how cool would that be to have your whole family come out? It's your 40th birthday. You finish an Ironman and you could just celebrate that. I just feel like it's such a memorable experience uh, compared to like a 440. I mean, what is it? Like one day you're at the track and you get it and it's like, cool. Um, I don't know. I, I would do the Ironman. I think that's actually, I, I should do the Ironman for my 40th birthday. That sounds good. There you go, Jeff. Free advice on the podcast. I, I would, that was my next question is, would you ever consider have interest doing in like something like super endurance? something really long. Cause that's like way outside. I, well, I, I mean, you did win the marathon row, but I think that that's, that, that, that's a little different or, or it was a half marathon when you did it. half marathon, half marathon. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah. but a little different, but would yeah. you ever like train or do something like really long bike, Ironman kind of stuff like that? I think that if I had like a group of people that want to go do an Ironman, I, I would, I'd be down. I, I would like to do an Ironman one day, maybe, maybe for my 40th birthday, honestly. Um, right now I'm really interested in like, I don't know, the tactical games and yeah, yeah. like, I'm really interested in that, but your interests will evolve and change. And I think that the one downside to these long distance endurance events is that the commitment of time required to train for them is really high, but yes, I'd like to do an Ironman. I, I would like to do an Ironman. Actually, I think, so I'm 37 now. I'd like to do an Ironman for my 40th birthday. That's a really cool idea. So maybe I'll start training in a year or two from now. There you go. Committed on the podcast. I want to do it. And, and if Rich, honestly, if, if Rich hit me up and he's like, hey, dude, let's go do this 100 mile whatever. Um, You know, I'm talking to Sal Frazilla about doing a marathon ruck. I mean, dude, that sounds super shitty with 40 pounds in your back. Um, That sounds really like just grimy. But if if Rich hit me up, was like, hey, man, let's go do a 100 mile bike ride somewhere. Uh, I'd be down to train for it and get after it. I mean, I felt good doing that century ride uh, like a year ago in, in St. Louis, it just was fun to train for something. Go get after it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. When it comes to like stuff like the tactical games and even the archery thing, are you like a good shot? And, and were you like, like, did you pick it up pretty quick or has it just been like the time you put into it? It's, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that. So, um, I, um, I first, uh, was exposed to firearms training with Dave Castro. That was, he, he was like my first pistol 
firearms instructors. So from the get-go, I was learning like really good foundations, which was cool. And I'm blessed to have right. that experience. From like someone that like knows their shit. Yeah. Um, I'm left eye. So I'm left eye dominant, but I'm right-handed, which causes some issues. Mm. So some people would actually take the rifle and go left-handed because it gives them a better eye. Um, I still continue to stay on my right hand. But I'd say that I have acquired a skill set because I've put in work to earn it. I, I don't think that I'm like I'm you know phenomenal. I'm by no means like world class, but I have a I have a skill at it because I've put in I've put in reps and I've I've trained with guys who know a lot more than me for a long period of time. With a bow, it's the same thing. Like I've trained with guys. I was first turned on to it in a, at Rogue Fitness. They had a bow out there, and I was just fascinated by it. I had never shot a compound bow with a trigger, you know, mechanism. I was just like, Whoa, what is this? And so I got home and fortunately Matthews, which is a, a archery company sent me a bow and I just got pretty, pretty into it. And it's something I could do at home, which you can't do that with, with rifle and whatnot. So the archery, you can, you can do it here. Yeah. Well, you can do it in Texas. You can't do it in California. You'll get, uh, you'll get in trouble. <laughs> so, but I like the bow because you could practice at home. I haven't yeah. done it recently, but that's another reason why I want to commit to one of these challenges is that it'll encourage me to go acquire that skill and go seek out experts like, um, you know, to help me out further. So yeah, I don't think I'm naturally good at really anything, Gabe. I think that the only way that I get good at things is if I practice them. I'm not, like look a, at it. I'm not like a super naturally athletic person. Like I'm not like I, I've had success in certain things because I've just worked really, really hard at them. And like, if you ask me to pick up a new sport, it takes me a long time, but then I'll finally start finding my groove. Were you so so pulling on that thread though? Because you played football when you were young, right? I I played football. I only started playing football in high school, and I wish I had okay. earlier. Yeah, I I wasn't really introduced to any ball sports until you know it's funny. A, a cousin of ours, I was at my my father in law's house, and he's like a uh, ten years old. And I asked him, I was like, "Hey man, have you ever thrown a ball before?" And he's like, "No." And so we started playing catch with Caden with a you know baseball. And it's because I don't know if it's like a Persian culture thing. I don't know what it is, but like I was never introduced to any real ball sports except for soccer. I think it's because my dad came from Iran. It just was not popular at all. Culturally. Right. Yeah. 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 It just wasn't a thing. It's so interesting. Cause it was the same for me, right? Like culturally it was like soccer and like, that's pretty much it. Yeah, soccer and soccer. Um, yeah. What do you think? Yeah. When I came here to the States, like I fell in love with baseball, but I never got to play ball sports. Cause I was so into swimming. That was like what I was doing year round. And that I, I took so much away from being a swimmer, like a serious swimmer for so long. I think I, I fully believe that it's a reason that I'm such a big morning person, which makes me honestly, like, I can't imagine being anywhere near as productive as I am. If it wasn't, if it didn't come easy for me to wake up super early and just like get some shit done. And I honestly, I owe that to swimming all of my life because it's just like, when you swim, you have early morning practice. Like that's just like the way it is. And it was that for years. Yeah. Um, but I, I also wish I had played more ball and team sports Dude, for sure. So much athleticism, bro. Yes. Like, like I, I watch like with Kate and these other players, like even in a year's time, like they just go from like not having the best hand eye coordination to just getting it. And how does that translate in other things? You know, it's, it's huge. And it's just the time, right? Like their, their brain is so like malleable. Like they're just those skills that they're learning now, like that coordination, that body awareness, all of that stuff. Like, it's just, it's getting like hardwired into their DNA to where, you know, 
even if they take some time off, like you were talking before with handstand walking, like they just have that base of athleticism now that translates to all our other things. Like I remember, man, I used to be so like jealous and envious of like those kids in high school or growing up that like, like you don't play basketball. Like I know you're on the baseball team, but like, you know, we go during lunch and there's a pickup game of basketball. They're just good. They're just good. They're just like really good. Like you just, it translates to everything. It trans hundred percent. You know, it, it brings up a really interesting point. Um, yesterday I was talking to one of our team members, his name is Jonathan at our gym, and he's doing a report for an entrepreneurship class in college. So we get through this whole like interview. He's probably interviewing me for like an hour. He's asking all these questions. Like, how'd you start the business? How'd you get funding? How'd you, whatever, what are some pitfalls? So we get to the end. He's like, Hey, what advice do you have for me? I was like, how old are you? He goes, I'm 21. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I feel really old, but I was like, do you remember a time in your life where you were not able to access any information you wanted in your pocket? Like, do you remember any time in your life where you weren't able to order food, uh, swipe right for a date, uh, Google something or whatever without it being accessed in your, in your pocket? He goes, no. I was like, well, what the youth are going to have a disadvantage on now is that they're in, they're used to instant gratification all the time. And I utilize that analogy for him. I said, in business, there is no instant gratification. You're going to get into business and it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for a day, a week, a month, a year, and frankly, decades. And so if you're learning this today, and this is my advice to him, like the youth is at such a disadvantage today because they're so used to getting this instant gratification. And in the workforce, it doesn't come that way. And he brought up a point. This is the reason why I'm bringing this up. He goes, well, it's kind of like fitness. And I was like, it is kind of like fitness. I was like, if you want to run a seven minute mile or a six minute mile, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes day by day, week by week, month by month, effort, effort, effort to acquire the skills to be able to achieve that. And so one of the reasons why I think sports are so important for kids in particular, more dynamic sports like baseball, uh, you know, like those type of sports, ball sports is because the acquired skill of the eye-hand coordination takes time to develop. And then once you have it, you'll have it, I think, for a very long period of time. So that was my motivation from yesterday's talk with Jonathan. I thought I'd just bring it up here because I think it's just, it inspires me even more to make sure that I'm setting my kids up for success, to let them know that in the real world, in business, things don't happen instantly. You got to put in months and months of work. Yeah, delayed gratification is so key. Um, you know, there's that really, really old study about how the, um, I'm sure you've heard of this, uh, that like the biggest predictor of like a, ch a child being successful in the future is how good they are even early age at delaying gratification. And they did that study where they like had the marshmallows and the kids. Do you remember yeah. this? And yeah, they I, like, I did we talk about this before? I think we might've. Maybe, not, maybe, maybe but not. it was just that study where they like, they, they told kids that like, okay, here's a marshmallow. We're going to leave you in a room or some, it was some treat that they really uh, wanted. Yeah. And it was like, if you don't eat it, you can have two later. And some kids obviously like were able to wait because they wanted more later. And some kids just, you know, wanted the instant gratification of like the one there. And they followed this group. Um, for years in the future. And it was actually a pretty good predictor of how successful they'd be in the future. The kids that were able to delay gratification the most. Dude, that's super crazy. interesting. Cause it's a really yeah. old study. And now I feel like it's even point, more prevalent for sure. For sure. Everything uh, is like right there, right there. 
Well, I told this guy, I'm like, I'm like, honestly, bro, like I almost feel bad for you because you're, you're, you've been brought up in an environment where everything is just ready for you. And now when you, when you try and make money and you're trying to provide as much value to somebody else and you're trying to grind it out, it's not going to happen. And what's going to be difficult for you is you're going to wait a week and a month and six months, and you're going to want to get paid more and you're going to want to see growth. And it's just not going to happen because you need more and more reps to get really great at what you're doing. It's going to take years and years and years before you see the fruit of your labor. And I wonder what's going to happen with the job force as things like that start to evolve, you know, like you're going to see more people kind of shifting from job to job to job. And then maybe, I don't know, hitting their stride when they're in their early thirties, because they have that work experience to know that like things don't happen overnight. I could be wrong. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. And I think that the the opportunity though is if, is that like if us as parents are aware that this is kind of a blind spot in this generation that we're raising and we're intentional about addressing that blind spot i think that you know we can really raise the winners of the next generation because like if you think about their peers yeah. their peers have this disadvantage so i do think that it like it goes back to the fact that like you know if you're being intentional as a parent and you recognize that hey this is very different than when I was growing up. Like I didn't need this to be drilled in my head because like, yeah, to your point, like if I had to even just go somewhere, like I had to like figure out how to go there or like know my way around. If, you know, I wanted to meet someone, go on a date, like you have to go somewhere or like meet them at school or meet them at high school. Like it, it, meet them in college, you know, not, not, it'd be this like, you know, quick, quick game. So, um, yeah, I think that just being aware as parents and trying to like address that, in whatever way, shape, or form, um, is important. Yeah, that was my like kind of talk with him. Did you want to? Um, did you want to dive into uh, this idea of Amrit mentality today? Yeah, man. I mean, we we were talking the other day about you know the kind of evolution of you NC Fit, like all the things that you've done. And I think it ties into what we were just talking about about like you know how long things take and and getting the clarity that I think we feel now about where we want to go but amrap mentality has always i feel like been something that you constantly go back to and i know it's still a big part of your life even though it might not be like you know the amrap mentality podcast and it might not be like you know this is the thing but i mean it's been super impactful for me to kind of use this in some respects so i'm curious like how this all came to be and where you are now with that approach to being a dad, being a protector, being a provider, um, being an athlete still, being an entrepreneur. Yeah, I think there's certain things, you know, like there's been certain taglines that have came and gone over the last 15 years in our business. The Amrap mentality has been a part of like who I am at my core for a long time. Like training hard and Amrap mentality have been like a part of my vernacular for as long as I can remember. And the Amrap mentality really came around in like 2000, I want to say it was like 2000, 11, 2012, actually 2012, because my daughter was young. And so, you know, as, as the story goes, and I've shared this before, but I'll just share it again. Essentially, I was just burning the candle at too many ends. You know, I was taking conference calls with Asia because we were opening up many corporate wellness locations. At the time I had one daughter, um, I was married and we had a growing business and I was trying to win the CrossFit games. So There's like a bunch of different things going on. And I was walking one day with my wife and she was like strolling Ava. I'll never forget this. You know, she's, we're walking. It's like, I don't know, seven o'clock at night or whatever it was. It was after dinner. And she just looks at me. We had been talking and she just looks at me and she's like, Hey, what do you think about that? 
And I just looked at her and I just remember like the look on her face of disappointment because she knew I wasn't paying attention, right? She knew I wasn't paying attention to what she was saying. So I just looked at her, I was like, hey, look, I'm really sorry, but like, I don't know what you were talking about. And I remember just looking at her face and just being like, dude, this is not sustainable for me. While she's talking to me, while we're strolling our daughter, I'm thinking about walking on my hands to the CrossFit Games. Like I need to do a better job being present and focused in the different verticals that I was in in my life. And that same thing would apply to like workouts, you know, like, dude, I, I have countless times, countless, Gabe, where I was in the garage on an assault bike doing conference calls with Asia, countless. I mean, because the conference calls always happen at like 6, 7 p.m. because of the time change. And I would want to get in some intervals. And so I'd be listening on these conference calls and I'd be muting and unmuting. And I'd just come off mute to say my piece and then remute. But I would remember I would always finish these calls. I'd always finish my training. I'd always finish these moments and be like, dude, did I really give it my best effort? Did I really reach my potential? Did I even do a good job? And so that's where the AMRAP mentality came to be, where I said, when am I more productive than when I'm in the middle of an AMRAP? I'm not answering my phone. I'm not distracted. I'm being present. I'm engaged. And so that's when I started saying, you know what? I need to embrace this AMRAP mentality in all areas of my life. And so I broke it down a few segments. It's, it's essentially identify your focus. So for me, it was like family, fitness, business. So you got to identify that, number one. Then you have to work hard at it. And I equated it to a bike. So like if you're riding a bike and you're not focused, you're going to tip over. So number one, what's your focus? Number two, you got to pedal. You got to work hard. You got, you got to work hard. That's it. There's no other way around it. Number three, though, is the, is the kicker, which is switching gears. And the best way to analyze it, the bike is like, dude, sometimes you're on flat ground. Sometimes you're going uphill. Sometimes you're going downhill. And you need to switch gears throughout the day. And so the way that I broke it up, I mean, even today, this morning, you know, at 6 a.m., I'm in the garage with Ava. I'm present and focused on training in the garage with Ava, even for a short period of time, 30 minutes, whatever, right? Then from there, I got on a podcast with Savon. I was present and focused. From there, I'm on a podcast with you. I'm present and focused. From here, I'll go do work. I'm present and focused. But I'm switching gears from one thing to the next. And once I'm done with that particular task, I no longer think about it and I focus on the current task. And I find that that's really helped my relationships because now when I'm at dinner, I'm engaged. When I'm working out, I'm engaged. When I'm doing stuff like this, I'm engaged. And it's made me much more productive with my time because I'm amrapping. And uh, yeah, that's that's it. That's that's that's. And I've had that lifestyle for a decade. How much do you think this was born out of like specific to to you? And then I guess the, the follow-up question is, when did you realize that you have like really bad attention like issues? Mm. Like when did you become like- Aware of it? Really aware of like, like the way you operate is very different than other people operate. Um, I still don't even know if I really fully grasp it to be perfectly honest with you. Like there are times where I've caught myself clearly just like, squirrel clearly like clearly like un like clearly off thinking about something else um but for the most part like i never really think that i think any different than anybody else like i know that when i was in school and all these different things i've had really difficult times like with that but um yeah i i still don't even think that i'm like any different right but a lot of people tell me like i have a big problem with attention span so it tells me that if many people say it it's probably me and not not them you know, because the reason I ask is I think that there's something like really powerful about being self-aware about areas that, and I don't even think that like, 
you know, the, the way you operate is necessarily just a bad thing. Like we've talked about this a lot, like it is a blessing and a curse. Like it's in many ways, the reason that, you know, both you and NC fit have been as successful as they have been because there is no stopping, right? Like there's no moment where like you're on idle, like there's no idle in the Jason Kalipa, like, like mind engine, like it's always just revving. Sometimes it revs hotter than others, but it's always revving. And it's revving in like a direction of like new ideas, new things for the business, workout, family, this and that. And I think that that is a huge advantage in many respects, because I do think that a lot of people do sit idle for way too long, whether that's idle staring at their phone, whether that's idle, like just, you know, in la la land, like not doing anything that's moving the needle forward. So definitely like very big strength in that respect. But I think that also being aware that sometimes, you know, people can't keep up with the change in directions and then using the outward mentality as, as like a way to help solve that, I think is powerful. So that was the reason I asked the question because I was wondering how much of it was you being aware that this is a thing and then like really doing the thinking and like introspective thinking of like, okay, how do I solve this thing? And the Amra mentality kind of being the solution to it. I mean, the reality was is like, I felt like if I didn't make a change, I was never going to reach my potential. And I still feel that way today. Like if I'm not being present and focused on what I'm trying to get done and really work hard at it, like I'm not going to reach my potential. And that's in so many different areas. And I got to continuously check myself and remind myself of that. But if you're one foot in one foot out, like, and yes, I am very scattered in my thoughts. And so it's very, it has to be very um, intentional to, to narrow in. And, uh, but that's when I, that's when I get the best out of it, you know, especially like, or, or when I'm, when I'm active. So like the, when I'm active, um, it, it helps me to calm my brain a little bit, which is one of the reasons why I like being active. Like if, if, um, like I'd rather go on a walk and talk than sit here. I'd rather go, go do something, you know, like Ash and I were actually just talking about this yesterday. We want to get back to doing like a weekly tennis together because that's one thing that we actually like could do together. She doesn't want to go run with me. She doesn't want to go whatever. And, but playing tennis, we could actually do together. We like, I suck. She's pretty good. It's a nice little battle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm laughing. Cause like, I wonder why she doesn't want to go run with you. <laughs> she doesn't want to run with me. She doesn't want to do anything like, like that kind of stuff, you know? Cause yeah. I try so hard. I'm like, Hey, Hey, Ashley, like you want to go in the garage? You want to go learn some like a little bit of self-defense? No. Hey, you want to go hit the bag a little with me? No. <laughs> After a while, you just pick your battles, bro. And you just let it go. You know, uh, the tennis thing. Married as long tennis as thing I have. is good though. You man, yeah, man. You gotta find you gotta find what works. Yeah, but the but you know, back to what I was saying with the Amrit mentality, it's like it, it's it's just one of those things where like the best way for a listener to think about it is if I ask you to do a minute of burpees right now, would you stop and answer your phone? No, you're just doing the minute of burpees. You're trying to crush it. And so how does that correlate to going out to eat with your family? How does that correlate to spending time with different people? And, you know, the best gift that the AMRAP mentality gave me, the reason why I wrote a book, As Many Reps as Possible, the literally the heart of it. And we donated almost all the money from that book. I think we donated. Because the goal was not to make money from it. The goal was to spread this message that life has the ability to throw you a curveball. And the best thing you could do to prepare for that is to have strong relationships, the best financial situation and best fitness you can. That's the, that's all that's in your control. That's it. And by embracing the AMRAP mentality, I developed good relationships. Cause I'm real. I'm, 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 I'm really trying to listen to you. I'm really trying to support you. 
I'm really trying to, you know, be a good friend or fan member. And then obviously if you embrace it in your work life, well, of course you're going to try and do better because you're really working hard. And then obviously in your fitness, that's pretty straightforward. So that's the reason why we wrote the book is because I had felt like embracing this mentality gave me a huge leg up when life came and punched me in the stomach. You know, what's really interesting um, just in, in hearing you say that, like, you know, the relationship piece and like being very real and forward is now that I've known you for shit, like five years, yeah, five years, five plus years, five years, like to the date. Cause I think I started in August. Um, it, dude, like what you see is what you get with Jay Kalipa. And it, it, it's so true, man. Like if you listen to this podcast and you've heard like a couple episodes, like this is the exact same Jason that you would see if you met him on the street. And I think that that's, that's cool, but it really resonates with me now, especially looking back that like, you know, I've known you for a while, like, this is it. This is it. It's as, as, as crazy as he is on this podcast, he's crazy all the time. Yeah, dude. Well, I mean, I, I, it's because when you, when you have something traumatic happen in your life, you realize the only thing that is really there for you is strong relationships, your friends and your family. And on top of that, if you could stack financial freedom and fitness freedom, if you could stack those things with strong relationships, you could take on a lot. But if you don't have all those different pieces in place, in particular, the support system, dude, it's tough, man. It's tough. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. And if you, but if you weren't engaged on those conversations, how can you ever create real relationships? You know what I mean? Like if you're just kind of like, eh, like you sit down with your dad for dinner and you're just kind of like, eh, whatever, dude. Like it's not a strong relationship. You know what I mean? Like take the time to, to talk to him, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, dude, it's one of the things that I'm, I'm most grateful for is the like close relationship that I have with, with my parents. Um, and just the fact that like, especially now, like having our kid and like having everyone here in dude. Texas, like close by, like knowing that everyone is like so immersed on like, you know, this growing family that we have and that like, you know, like he goes to grandma's house and like, she loves it. And like, we all just like have this really strong relationship that, you know, I feel like any family, like, you know, it's had it's, it's, it's ups and downs, but like, we've gotten to the point now where we're like this. Yeah. Um, and it takes like, work, I, man. Like for sure. It, everything takes work, right? Like this stuff isn't like, it's not like, you know, rainbows and unicorns. And then like, you know, you just kind of like, that's what it's going to be. Cause you're lucky and you had a great family. Like it takes work. Like yeah, and and, it takes and, effort two ways. And then, you know, and I'm, I'm very fortunate. I'll be the first one to admit, like, I'm very blessed with all the people we have around us. We don't, you know, we, we have great people around us, but, and it still takes a lot of work. It takes you showing up. It takes, you know, I, I think it, it's a two way street in these relationships, but, um, you know, when I, I put up like a thread, not that long ago, I don't know if people really got what I was trying to say, but like, dude, you should be trying to develop great relationships to your friends and family as best as you can today. And if, if there's going to be some people that you have to ex exit from your life, even family. And I get that. Like, I, I understand that. And there's certain situations that are just too far gone, right? But man, as a community, dude, when shit's hitting the fan, you want to be able to find people that could take ropes, throw them down, lift you up. And then when they're going through tough stuff, you want when you want to be able to throw down ropes to help them up, you know? Cause that's kind of how the, that's how the gym, that's how everything works. Like on a small scale, it's like you go into the gym, you're not really feeling it. And then all of a sudden you got a guy and he brings in that energy, that vibe. You're like, dude, levels each other up. It's the same thing. Just, you know, a little bit more dramatic when it comes to the full life, you know? 
for sure, man. But it's, but it's everything. The people you surround yourself is everything. You know, you want to get fitter, surround yourself with fit people. You want to get, you know, more financially in a better place, like surround yourself with people that are fucking crushing it in that aspect of life. You want to like have stronger, better relationship with your family, like surround yourself with people that value family and stuff. You know, one, I'll, I'll share this with you. One of the, the coolest things that like, I mean, when I met Ariel, my wife now, I was like, I was pretty sold from like the moment. I was like, this is it. That said, the more I learned about her relationship with her family and like her family's like relationship overall, because my, so Ariel's dad um, is married twice. So this is second marriage. Um, and the fact that, you know, cause that didn't end like amicably at all. But the fact that regardless, they've made it like a very important part for everyone to stay together and like put all that stuff aside. And there's still a really close relationship with Ariel and her, you know, half brothers. Like that to me was just like another, like, that's what I want in my life, you know, like that kind of like, you know, putting ego, whatever aside and like keeping a strong family relationship. And it just like, man, it just makes things so, so, so nice. Cause I mean, the saying goes, Dude. you know, you marry your spouse, you marry your spouse's family. Dude, hundred percent, man. Like, you know, so my, my wife, her family, like her dad remarried and, uh, everybody gets along and it's like, it just makes holidays and stuff like that easier. And I understand that's not the norm. Like, dude, it's not the norm. And that's why we're super blessed. But, we're very grateful. But it's not the norm because it takes work, yeah. right? Like it takes a lot, a lot of work. When yeah, families go through work that, like your control, which is tough, right? right? Like, right. Of course. Of course. Like, you know, what's in our control is I just want to, what's in my control is like, am I doing the best I can to develop relationships? Because I can't control like, you know, whatever else is going on. But that's, that's, that's the big, that's the reason why I wrote the book though, man. That's the reason why I wrote the book. And I, you know, we haven't talked about the book in a while, but that I haven't even read the book in a long time. I got to go back and if you want to listen to it on Audible, you can go to Amazon. You can go listen to as many reps as possible on Audible. I've had a lot of good reviews on it. Um, maybe I'll bring people, it back. And, and people can still get a print version. I, it's still I, on Amazon. It's still Amazon. out there. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't know if we've um, re-uploaded. I got I to gotta check it out. But definitely on Audible. But uh, yeah, man, that was the whole incentive. Was like, I felt like I had this cheat code with AMRAP mentality that really helped me. And it's like, I wanted to go spread that and share it with more people. And I'm curious what, like, if I'll write a book on something else in the future. Like, I just, I only want to write or share things that I think could like really make an impact for other people based on my life. Like, I'm just sharing with you. This has been really impactful for me. Here you go. You know, like, it's like the fitness thing. We share it all the time. <laughs> it's been very impactful for us. Yeah, I love it, man. The, the, the one thing that has worked, dude, wonders for me. And I think that like, I've really stepped into this like full on, maybe for the past like, five, six months, just because like, in, in terms of volume, the amount of work that as a marketing team, but also just myself, like needs to put out now. And also just other things like, you know, being a dad, like I'm super busy now. And the one way that like, you know, this idea of the AMRAP mentality from like a tactical sense has worked so well for me, might not work well for everyone, but I suggest at least you try it. If you feel like you want to be more productive is I don't have a to-do list, but I put everything that needs to get done on my calendar 
with the amount of time that it should take me to get done. So as soon as something comes up, like you're like, Hey, you know, got to write this thing or like now, you know, um, finishing the never zero, like putting that together, like it's on my calendar on Tuesdays and I have 60 minutes allotted to do it. And everything is in my calendar. That's on my to-do list. And then I bought this timer. So it's just one of these, like you, you turn like nest, the, it looks like a nest air conditioner. Yeah. It looks like exactly like that. And then it's really easy. So you just turn it and set like a time. So like, you'll, I, I do, I do 25 minute sprints. And so I'll set 25, I'll hit, you just press it and it starts counting down. And then for 25 minutes, I have like music on and my phone is on do not disturb. And my wife also knows that if the timer is on, like, it's not a time to be like, Hey, like, can you, you know, whatever, right? Like I'm, I'm in a 25 minute sprint, which has been especially important because just the way our house is set up now, and this is probably going to change. Like I'm in our living room. So I'm in our living room. Like they're, they're usually like doing stuff, hanging out here. So it's just a really good way. Like I'm 25 minute sprint. And then I give myself a five minute break. So like, if I have an hour set aside to work on something, that's two sprints that I have to finish it. And the break is actually really important because 25, 20, 25 minutes tends to be what works for most people. And it works for me is like the amount of time that I can like really be in it before, like I do need to, you know, whatever, check my phone, talk to Ariel, like, you know, smile at the kid and, and, you know, get a recharge from him. And dude, it like the amount that I can get done when like that system is in place and like, like my to-do list is in my calendar, dude, game changer. Like absolute game changer. Where'd you get that clock from? I just Amazoned it. I think there's like a much fancier version that I got a sponsored ad for. And then I just looked it on Amazon and like this thing, like, but on, on, on a downside, like this thing feels like it might break in like two weeks because it cost <laughs> me like 10 bucks, but it, it, it works for now. All right. All right. Well, I mean, the, the case in point is obviously setting a clock. Yeah, man. I love that. I love that. That's something I'm going to, I'm working on. I got, well, I got a couple of good books that we're going to be, um, uh, I got a couple of good books, a couple of good podcasts. I'm currently listening to the one with uh, Patrick with Joe Rogan. I'm still not all the way through it. So um, the one with the- Oh, uh, Pat Bad David. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that guy. I can hear that guy talk for hours. I can Bro, see the accent. So, uh, they were talking about like, you know- Dude, they're, they're, they're out there. They're in there. They're, they're talking about a bunch of stuff. And uh, yeah. Um, well, brother, I uh, I think, yeah, we talked about the AMRAP mentality. We dove into some stuff. I definitely want to talk more. Do Let we me- have a- do we have a Yeti question of the day? Uh, the Yeti question of the day, I got to put it back online and uh, <laughs> stay tuned for the Yeti question of the day. I get I get a lot of questions that come through. Um, let me see if we have a good one for today. Yeah, if you want to find one, um, I'll take a second and just make sure that if you're not signed up for the Never Zero newsletter, highly, highly recommend it. You know, Jason's sending that out um, once a week. And I'm super pumped. You know, we're getting some really good reception on that. The whole goal behind that newsletter is just to send out some workout inspiration, podcast books that are on Jason's mind, and hopefully, you know, a little bit of like, you know, let's get some shit done this week. Goes out every Wednesday, which I feel is also really nice because you're like middle of the week and you just get like a little bit of, you know, Jason RPMs um, to get you going. So I, I, if you don't, if you haven't signed up, link is in the show notes. So Stephanie doesn't even know that she's going to win a, a, a Yeti uh, uh, water bottle. Oh, I love it. I love it. Because basically I put up on threads about this idea. Um, so I just, this is not necessarily a question. This is just a, a thing that I just wanted to share. Um, 
I, I had put up this comment about how essentially I've, I've um, coached thousands of classes and across thousands of classes, you have, let's just say 15 or 20 people per class. You're, you're engaging with thousands of people on a regular basis over the span of 10, 15, 20 years. And one of the things I've learned is that you never know what people are going through when they walk into the gym. And this is just like, yeah, I saw this one. After owning gyms for years and coaching thousands of classes, one thing has always stood out. People come in and you never know what they're going through. Even if you have known them for years, everyone struggles. If you are kind, they'll remember it. If you're a dick, they'll remember that too. And essentially where I was going with that is like, this was a lesson I learned in the hospital, right? When I would spend time in the hospital, everybody was going through stuff. And so there's a level of compassion and care that was different than outside the hospital. It, you leave the hospital and it was like, people are honking each other, getting all crazy. You're in the hospital and everybody's going, in general, people are going through stuff that's like not ideal. And so they treat each other a certain way. And this woman, Stephanie, just reached out to me and she was sharing with me that, you know, a member had came in and, you know, was being just really just not normal, sluggish, um, was himself sluggish, and long story short, you know, they had found out some really bad news about one of their children. And like, if she hadn't gone up to him and asked questions and, and led with care or compassion, she could have saw like, oh, this guy's being a jerk or, or she could be like, Hey, you know, go over there, grab your barbell, you know, whatever, because he comes in, his vibes off. He looks upset. He looks frustrated, but instead she has simply asked what was going on. She found out and then boom it now totally changed the relationship between that member and her. So for any coach out there, any person out there, I think that it's really important. This is the takeaway from my, my threads is that the next time you're out and you see someone, you never know what that individual just went through. And I think it's really important to treat everybody with that level of compassion when you walk up to it, because your perspective just needs to make sure that it's adjusting accordingly. So that's not necessarily a Yeti question today, but Stephanie had reached out with a really good a uh, full story. I just don't want to share it all here. And I want to just center a water bottle. I love that, man. And I think that taking that a little bit of a step forward, I think that also when you feel like someone was like rude to you or whatever, the same thing applies there too, right? So not just in this case of like, you know, someone seems a little off and like whatever, but I think that like, you know, the saying that I completely agree with is like hurt people, hurt people. And I think that if you realize that you know, if someone says something, does something, whatever, you know, especially on social media, right? Like someone says something hurtful on social media. Like if someone's taking the time to say something that isn't nice on social media, like you should have compassion, man, because there's something going on there that's making them spend the time to like try and bring someone else down. And I think that, you know, not trying to like get upset or like combat or even like spending any energy on that, but really just being like, man, like, to your point, like, you don't know what's going on in their life that, you know, is making them react that way and be kind or just don't say anything. And like, but don't take it as like, you know, you're the issue or you're the problem because you never know what they're going through and that, that might make them react that way. That's it, man. Well, dude, if, if you guys are listening to this podcast, you didn't listen to the episode with Matt Boudreaux. We have some other uh, episodes out. We got Josh Bridges that's coming out or prior. It's actually already been out. Um, we have a lot of other great episodes coming up. I'm getting Jacob Pepner on. We got to talk to him. Um, you know, our goal with this podcast is pretty simple. Let's, let's level up. Um, we're going after, you know, not just supporting dads, but also just people in general who want to just improve and um, want to be better protectors for their family providers. They want to be able to train hard. 
Like that's something that's like deep to my core. And today, obviously we, we shared a, a mindset tool that I use, which is called AMRAP mentality. So I appreciate all you guys. Any final words here, Gabe? No, man, I'm, I'm this no joke might be one of my, my favorite podcasts that we recorded. I feel like we went, we went a little deeper than usual, man. And I, oh. I, I really enjoyed it. No, I'm serious. Um, this has been fun, man. And it's been really fun to come along for the ride and, and be a part of, you know, where this podcast is going to go moving forward. So if anyone enjoyed the show, like I did, because I really enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and a review, share it with your friends. And um, yeah, dude, I'm pumped, pumped for the guests we have, pumped to keep having these conversations with you. It's been a lot of fun. All right, guys, we'll keep getting after it and we'll see you again next week. Mm-hmm.